Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Book More Show. My name is Stuart Bell and today I caught up with Dean Jackson here at the studio to talk about some of the reasons why you should be writing a book for your business. It's a great conversation. Dean and I are obviously talking every day, but we rarely make enough time to sit down and record. So it's great to have this opportunity to dive into the ideas in a little bit more depth than we usually get a chance to share with people. So, a great show. We talk about why a book is still the best tool to help you find people you can work with. We looked at how to think about it as starting a conversation rather than selling a product. And we dived into as well the pitfalls to avoid if you're really looking for the benefits of having a book without all of the traps and problems with traditional publishing. So a lot of great ideas, some great insights to take away. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed, also suggest checking out the show notes at bookmore.show for episode 115 because we've got the video that we recorded of the session up on the webpage so you can watch along. Okay, with that... Let's dive into the show. So I thought it'd be a good idea for you and I to talk about how to help people know whether it makes sense for them to write a book to grow their business. That's easy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is something we've been doing this now for... Nearly 10 years. Is that right? Almost 10 years. We've helped over a thousand people write books to grow their business. We've had some amazing hits with that. And I, you know, I've been such an advocate for these small books that can really grow your business. And when you think about the, you know, modeling by example, you know, when we look at the 90 minute book as the perfect example of how to use a book to grow your business. We're not doing, we're not kind of convincing people to do something that we haven't done ourselves, (laughs) you know? Exactly. It's that evidence-based proof of this is exactly what's built this entire business. So when people talk about or going through the process of deciding whether they should write a book, whether they could use a book for their business, I really... It comes down to three things. The three questions that they need to know is how long is it going to take me to write a book? That's one thing that people want to know is how much does it cost to do this? And what's it worth? What's the upside of having a book like that? That last point is almost the one that people forget to ask a lot of the time because they get so caught up in the process of doing it. They forget about the purpose, the job of work. Why are we doing it? Yeah. And when you add that into the equation as well, particularly, I mean, we've got 20 or 30 books around here, but hundreds at the office. When you think that the majority of the lifetime value of these clients is in the thousands of dollars, and it really puts in perspective all Mm -hmm. of the other questions. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, so you look at this one book, this has, let's say, driven millions of dollars over the life of doing it. One little book. We've got other books that I personally use in my own businesses that have generated millions of dollars, all from these small little books. So I think you said it, a good thing is to think about the job of work. Why are we even having a conversation about writing a book? Yeah. And so often I think people get this misconception that they've got misguided objectives. Yeah. And sometimes they think, When they think about writing a book, they think about writing this big book (laughs) that's going to be a New York Times bestseller or an Amazon or Wall Street Journal bestseller. That's their goal. And we've, you've known, and I know 
personally so many people that have gone through the process of writing a book, working so hard to try and get it on the New York Times bestseller list. Hours of effort to create, hours of effort to promote. And let's not forget that it literally, you're not just going to write a book and it's going to get discovered and catapult to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. If you're going to write a bestseller, you've got to have a budget for doing that in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. You've got to have a platform with reach to at least a hundred thousand When you look at publishing contracts, it's like music contracts. Publishers, traditional publishers Mm -hmm. want to take on clients who have got that reach already. Right. So to have that as an excluding factor, yeah. the success of others is mm-hmm. based on work done outside of the book. I often talk about what's the product. The product of a book like the 90-minute book or Sell More, List More isn't the book itself. I'm not going to sell this on Amazon for $10 right? because this is going up against other $10 books. Right. And the value proposition to make that sale is not what you're interested in you're interested in client the Mm. product of this book is a client it's not the book itself and that's people think about publishing in the or writing a book in the traditional sense for the traditional reason so i think if your goal if you're famous already right and you've got lots of money and you've got (laughs) lots of time and it doesn't really it's the objective is that you want to get more famous or get more sort of what's the right word it's in a way credibility there's something that comes with being a new york times best-selling author it's absolutely yeah. true you can't deny it if there's somebody who's got a book that's a new york times bestseller you're going to look at them differently you're going yeah. to be able to forever introduced as new york times best-selling author yeah. Stuart bell now if you're not already famous if you're not already a big deal and you've got lots of reach and people know who you are, you've got relationships with people who have reach to millions or hundreds of thousands of people to help you get to that point where you've got to sell 40,000 books in the first week or right. so to get to on the, the list. Right. Yeah, so you think about care. how many people have to know about your book to get to that. And you've seen the pattern, right? Like people, they spend all this time writing the book, going through editing, doing all of these things, getting on every podcast. Imagine if you're, if you're a popular podcasts that you listen to, especially in the business arena or in the personal development arena, you can tell when somebody's got a book coming out because they're on all your favorite podcasts, (laughs) telling the same damn story, telling the same things. And in the book, I talk about this, right? Like, yeah, yeah, pre-order your book. It's available now on Amazon. Go ahead and buy bulk copies to give to your friends, (laughs) all these things to try and push the books. Yeah. It's like payola in there. That's exactly what it is. So if I look at it, that goes into my equation of what is it actually worth to you? So if you do that, if you're a first time author, maybe you can sell the book and get some advance on the book, but you're not going to get rich on a book. You got to have a back end. You got to have something there. So I would say that for certain people, it might make sense to go down that path right? Where you're concerned. If you're not already famous, you're not already going to get a big advance for writing this book because everybody wants to hear from you. Then you're faced with the choice of, do you want to use a book to get rich or to get famous? Right. And that's the choice. That's the fundamental thing that we want to 
thing. And I always say to people, listen, it's way less expensive to get rich than it is to get famous. So <laughs> let's focus on getting you rich first. Right. And then building your else. platform and then getting famous, then writing your next book. It's yeah. like starting out and there's nobody stopping you right now. Like if you think 20 years ago, there were probably six publishing houses that made all the decisions on who gets to see, who gets their message out into the world because yeah. you had to. They were uh, the gatekeepers. They were the gatekeepers. That's exactly right. You had to be, you had to submit to a publisher <laughs> and get approved for your book. Ask for permission. Please, sir, can I spread my message to the world? Nope. <laughs> I mean, and then where right. do you go? Yeah. I got rejected by a thousand publishers. You hear all these stories, right? Yeah. But I kept going and that thousand and first publisher opened the door for me to go. Well, you know, fast forward. Now there's no, there's nobody stopping you from writing a book. You can write any book that you want. Yeah. And you can get it right to the people. In the matter. place where the people are. So what I look at for, you know, is it worth it is the way for business owners, people who are using this as a tool to grow your business, to build your reach to, because that's really what it is. If we take it and overlay the eight profit activators on this book, and we think about your book as a before unit tool, just to get you in conversation with the people who could potentially be your clients then there's no better tool than a book. Yeah. A book is compelling. I mean, we look at the, we look at the, we look at the timing here of what it takes to get a book started, get out into the world there. But what the value of being able to use that book to gather your audience. So I say to people like, what would it be worth if we could magically snap our fingers and have a thousand people who are your ideal clients on a list that you could directly email them. And you think about it as a way of connecting with people who are invisible prospects. Because a lot of times you have to look at and see, can, is my audience that I'm trying to reach, are they reachable? Are they visible? Can I buy a list of them? If you're serving chiropractors, you can get a list of chiropractors and go right to them. Yeah. If you're searching for dentists, you can go directly to the dentist. But what you can't get a list of is somebody who just twisted their back last <laughs> night, right? The chiropractor's clients are invisible. Yeah. You know, any doctor like that, you, nobody, they're acute onset symptoms that up until the moment that it happens, people have no interest in it. You know, I think about and Chris, not the audience. Yeah. I think about Dr. Chris Milkey, the podiatrist, you know, yeah. like you think how excited, what in the world would a podiatrist write a book about? But he's actually got a series now that we're working on five books where you think about what, what would be valuable. The first one we did was the plantar fasciitis solution. So you can get, you know, if you are a localized business that's serving a local market, like a podiatrist or a dentist or a chiropractor, hairstylist, massage, there, anything that's doing, working with people locally within a, you know, we, we talk about that what we're really trying to do 
is get 15 mile famous. You want to be right. famous in the 15 miles around where you where you are, right? So if you think about it like that, take a radius around your, your podiatry practice and you think, well, what are the big things that people come to me for, right? Like what are the things that people have a need that would trigger them to call a podiatrist in the first place? So we thought about the big five yeah. things of Achilles heel pain, plantar fasciitis, bunions, toe fungus. Right. You know, I forget what the other one is, but the big things that they have. And we, so we take this and we do a book like the plantar fasciitis solution and put it in front of the people within 15 miles of his podiatry practice. And all of a sudden it comes through their newsfeed on Facebook as an offer for a book that's going to promise a solution for the pain that they're having right now. And so people download the book, they opt in, they leave their name and email. They don't even have to fill anything out now with Facebook. It's so easy to get in front of your ideal prospects. So they push a button, it collects their name, their email, and you've got now a visible prospect. I was imagined, I say to people, you know, if you think about your book, and the opt-in for it as a portal, a magic portal right. to your office. Yeah. If you could, somebody downloads the book, they press, yes, I want this, and that magically transports them. They, you, they knock you? on your door, poke their head in, hey, I'm here about the plantar fasciitis solution. Yeah. Now, how would, if you could have that happen a thousand times. In real life, in the day. In real life. You'd pay you. However much you'd willing How much to would that be worth? So yeah. if you knew that we're typically the sweet spot for books like this would be that we could generate those leads for three to five dollars per person. So for five thousand dollars, you could have a thousand people on a list that are self-selected are, as, as people who right. have plantar <laughs> fasciitis. Nobody's gonna download a book about plantar fasciitis without having plantar fasciitis yeah. or laying beside someone who's got it. Yeah. Their, the wife would do it or the husband or your kid may have it, whatever yeah. it is. Somebody who loves somebody who's got that solution is gonna download that book. And now you're in a conversation. So the purpose of the book is to get somebody in conversation with you. And that's really the only job of work right. of the book. Exactly. Breaking it down into the eight profitative frameworks of this is a before unit tool yeah. to get people to begin the journey. That's something we spend a lot of time helping people understand. Yes. Because the clients that we have typically know us in some respect already. Mm -hmm. So we've got some understanding of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Rarely get people who are, although we do get some looking for that New York Times bestseller, but yeah. all the job at work. Yeah. But understanding that it's the first step in the process, and the process has the opportunity to run over multiple years, knowing the example you talk about a lot of the 15% versus the 85%. I was just going to say that. So if I look at, if I look at what is that 1,000 prospects worth, and it's a good number, it's a big, now you can do it with 100. Do you think about, like, if you've got something, it's inconceivable. If you have 100 people knock on your door, and say, I'm here about the plantar fasciitis solution. You've got to be able to help some of those people, right? <laughs> so you get a hundred of them for $500. How much is one patient worth to, to do that? It could be 
well over a thousand dollars and the lifetime value of that client is going to be even bigger but if you're a real estate agent or you're a coach or you're a consultant of some kind that you're offering information or consulting or services yeah those things could be worth thousands of dollars to people so we look at and say what is that bundle of a thousand leads worth and i try and get people to think about this asset that they're collecting as just that as an asset that that bundle of a thousand that portfolio i use all these financial terms to describe them because that's really what they are is an asset and so now we look at that and you wouldn't expect that if you were to buy Look at all the equipment that it took to make this studio here, right? Buying all the cameras, all the soundproofing, the audio, the computers, everything like that. If you took an expense-based approach to this, it's like you wouldn't dream that you're going to expend all this money (laughs) to build this. And then uh, immediately that you need to, by 30 days later, make all the money to pay for it. But that's the way people think about their ad spend. They think about... Because they've been sold that dream that you're going to run the ads, you're going to generate the leads, you're going to pound them with your gauntlet series, you're going to get them to buy, and you're going to make more money than the ads cost by the time the credit card bill is due. And if it didn't work out like that, then it wasn't successful. So what I try and do is get people to take this portfolio approach. And if you think about making a capital investment of $5,000, in this group of a thousand prospects. Now, if we take that over the next 100 weeks, we amortize the investment over a hundred weeks, how many of those 1000 people could we help? And you were mentioning about the 15% and the 85%. There was something that's been like a game changer for me is understanding the psychology of what's actually going on when people inquire about something. And there, I found a company, this is 25 years ago when I really started going deep in lead conversion, lead management. And there was a company called the inquiry handling service and they handled on an enterprise level, millions of leads a year, any, you know, for corporations that would run, uh, you know, those reader service cards or people go to trade shows and request literature on their website. And they did something that was brilliant. They did what they called, did you buy surveys? And so they would go back 18 months and they would call people who inquired about something and they would just ask them one question. They'd say, Stuart, you came to the home show, you inquired about faucets. Have you bought any faucets? Not, did you buy our Kohler faucets or what's it going to take to get you in some Kohler faucets <laughs> today? It's not that just asking, did you buy what it was you inquired about? Did you buy a car? Did you buy a refrigerator? Did you buy whatever it was? And what they found was that at the 18 month mark, just over half of the people that inquire about anything will buy what it is they inquired about within that 18 month. Right. But when they did the math, when they did the surveys at 90 day increments, only 15% of them will buy in the first that 90 group. days. So the value is in the long term, right? Then yeah. there's five times more value 
beyond 90 days than in the first 90 days. So you're building a stable asset that's going to yield. They were using these words. It's going to be the foundation of your business there, yeah. right? So you build that list, you get it to a thousand, you continually grow it and you build systems around how to introduce your services, your products, your help that you can work with people. And the cost is a multiple or the yield is a multiple of what you, what you spend to do that. So see it all the time in the, in the book business, in mm -hmm. the entrepreneur business, send out the same message every month to people who have been on the list for 10, 15 years. Are you ready to get started? Oh, this and is from great. that group, every single time people raise the hand. Yeah, I it, forgot about that. But every month on the first of the month, we send out a message. Yeah. Just, yeah. Hey, Stuart, would you like to get started on your book this month too? And we've got thousands of people on that list. And every month we ask them the same question. And every month, five or six people jump immediately, kind of, yes, because it's from now. Pool. But yeah. it's now for them. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. There's the check moves, uh, the one back selling book by Michael Gleason. So he talks about check moves. And as the salesperson, as the person in the business, you can mm -hmm. never know when the time is for mm -hmm. the person. It's entirely their decision. Your job is just to present the opportunities that now you know what I've discovered is that's the thing that there's only two time frames. There's now <laughs> and not now. Right. Any time that's not now is if it's not now, it's doesn't matter whether it's 90 days or 90 months from right. now. It's just not now. It's we the whole thing that we're pursuing, we're constantly in this pursuit of now. And right. so when you send a message, you know, Luba, my girlfriend for amazing brows and lashes or studio here in Winterhaven, she at the beginning of every month, sends out a message. Hey, Stuart, would you like to get your eyebrows done this month? Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. every time. Yeah. So there's something. And knowing uh, that you're sending that message mm -hmm. to the group of people who are already interested. It's not like every month you're running an ad saying, hey, if you'd like to get your eyebrows done, come in. So you're building the rapport and relationship with the people who have self-selected yeah. because they've opted into the thing that piqued their interest in the first place. That what. Well, it piqued their interest, but it also bookmarked their intention. That right. Anybody who downloads a book called The Plantar Fasciitis Solution, that was modeled after one we did with Luba called The Adult Acne Solution. Right. And that's kind of the whole thing. Anybody who downloads a book called The Adult Acne Solution is presumably someone who has adult acne and would like to not have adult right. acne, right? So when you get that person on a list, they're going to, it's not a, a acute onset and go away type of thing. It's something that is ongoing. And unless they do something about it, nothing's going to happen. It's right. only going to get worse. So <laughs> when they go ahead and try something else, if they try some chemical thing, they try something and see that doesn't work or that it works, but then it doesn't maintain, yeah. right? That now at some point in that thing, they're ready to, it comes around and they go, you know, maybe I'm ready now. Now I should look at this yeah. solution. So that's the thing when I say to, when, when I'm helping people understand what it's worth for them to have a book, it's not so much about the what the book itself is worth. It's what's the value of the people that the book will get you in contact with. Yeah. And I love this way, you know, we, we both use that term of the job of work of the book. And that's what are you, if you are hiring the book to do something, 
Yeah. If it, if the only job it did was to get a thousand people to knock on the door and say, hey, I'm interested in this, that has done its job. Now, in order to do that job, it doesn't have to be a big book. That's right. the thing, right? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the what I call and what is known as the minimum effective dose. And I'm fascinated by that concept because yeah. what it's looking is how, what's the minimum amount of something that gets the desired outcome where anything extra is not really helping do the job, right? right. Like if you can write a 50 page book, 60 page, 70 page book that gets the job done. Yeah. There's no advantage to having a 250 page book right. to do the same job of work. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. such a, it's wasted effort in the book itself and it's wasted opportunity because the rest of that content, those additional 200 pages, that's yeah. almost certainly another book. Yeah. To engage I always use this. Let's put this right here so you can see. I always use, I bookend these <laughs> conversations about can a short book, a little book have a big <laughs> impact? And one of the ones that I used two examples of this, I didn't have my, the other one, but here's a little book that was pretty much a revolution starter. <laughs> when you say the communist manifesto, very thin, but big impact, I would yeah. say. And I bookend that with the Common Sense by Thomas Paine, right. which is the book that really started the counter mechanism to that of capitalism and democracy. Yeah. And that, you think about those two books are short, they're small little books, but I guarantee that your idea, if you're thinking about writing a book, is going to fit somewhere between <laughs> those two. It's not, you know, you're not going to have a book that's that big of a revolution starter. Right. But if you've got a book that's going to gather all the people with adult acne or all the people with plantar fasciitis or whatever you're going to call, you, you look at it and you think about if you sell a course on writing, and you've got a book called Read This If You Want to Be a Great Writer. <laughs> that if anybody, <laughs> if you could get a list of a thousand people that have downloaded voluntarily right. a book called <laughs> Read This If You Want to Be a Great Writer. It's pretty self-selecting. It's pretty self-selecting, <laughs> right? So that becomes the value there. And I'm just such a big fan of it, you know? Yeah. There's Kevin's, the... 60 second sales hook so again similar thing small book just talking just introduce gets him in front of people who are he works with copywriters right and that's kind of the thing that's a you're promising a shortcut right yeah. promising a shortcut to people and that gets him in conversation with people who are writers who are aspiring to persuade people by yeah. copy so yeah. you know here the thing that kind of I really think about with the short book kind of thing is what I offset all that information with is that number one the job of work is that we want them we just want it to gather leads and we're going to take it from there I don't care whether somebody actually reads the book right and it's not about reading the book it's about raising their hand to say that they want the solution or what it indicates what they're looking for so when I read, there was an article in the New York Times that talked about the state of readership. And it was really fascinating because it was one of the first times that they had the Kindle and Kobo data 
to right. see what actually happens. And what they found was that I want to say 58%, it was over 50% of the people who buy a book never open it. Okay. So you think about that is like if half the people, let's just be conservative on that, that half the people that buy a book will never open it. Right. And you think that's absolutely true. Like in your own life, every time I'm I may be speaking to hundreds of people and I'll ask them, have you ever bought a book and not opened it? Yeah. And every single one of us has, yeah. we've got a whole collection of things it and that's shelf behind. Yes. And that, but there's the thing is who's buying the book or asking for the book is it, it's easy to consume, easy to make that decision, but they're always buying it for future Dean. Yeah. They're thinking, they're, well, I don't have time to read it, but maybe future Dean would be nice for future Dean to curl up with a coffee and, right. and read and this book the by the fire. Right. And, you know, because you think about what it takes for people to read a book. It takes hours to read a, a big this book. commitment to it. Yeah. Dan Sullivan, founder of Strategic Coach, we always talk about the sh short books. The perfect length for a book is that you can sit down on a flight from Toronto to Chicago right. and finish the whole book in one, right. one airplane flight. Yeah. That's what we're looking for, right? Yeah. That's the odds that somebody's going to do it our way up on that, yeah. you know? Because otherwise it sits on shelf and then something else gets put on top of it and then it's disappeared. Yeah. The, you were talking about people actually reading the book and very much people think about writing a book in the traditional sense. So it's yeah. very much about the words and the content. But I'll often say to people that the person who's buying it, so those readership rates are people who, broadly speaking, have brought, bought entertainment-based books from Amazon with the job of work, the purpose of being entertained. They still haven't read it. For these books, people are buying the solution. Someone buying a book on plantar fasciitis isn't doing it for an academic exercise. Right. They don't want the knowledge. They want the solution. Yes. So going from the cover and the title that identifies to them that there is a solution yeah. to the back cover of what a next step is. Mm. I just want to get to the solution. Yes. I don't, don't make me do the work of having to read something. Yeah. It's the outcome. So if you've got a thing, if you've got anything that you can do that is, that information would help, or if you could gather, if you've got invisible prospects, you can get in front of them by helping put a title that would be exactly what they want, you know, and that's so, so much of getting, making sure that it works is you, know, you just, you got to have a book. You got to have a title that upon reading it, your ideal prospect says, I want that. Right. That's for me. And then you got to have a way for them to get it, like a re reach them. And that's, I mean, Facebook ads are right now the easiest, lowest friction, fastest action, acting way. Literally, you could put up an ad today and have leads today right away. Yeah. You know, for a small budget, yeah. you know, $20 a day or whatever you go up, but it's just going to accelerate it if you can spend $100 a day or $200 a day. Once you get your system figured out that the yeah. goal is to get to that 1000 benchmark and then build the relationship with them. So that's how we would kind of evaluate what it's worth, what it could be worth to you. Then, you know, in terms of asking or answering the question about how long does it take and how much does it cost is, you know, how long does it take? Preferably you've been working on this your entire life or your entire adult life, you've gathered insight 
information, something that would be valuable to convey to your ideal prospects. So you're, it's not that you need to figure out what you're going to write. You've got it in your head. Yeah. You're not starting research. Everything is there. That's exactly right. It's just a matter of getting it from your brain out into a digital format, right? And the fastest way to get anything from your brain into a digital format is through your mouth, is talking. Nobody gets talker's block. (laughs) Everybody talks about getting writer's block. They sit down, (laughs) stare at that blank page, and they don't know what to do, don't know what to write. But if you, if we, we help people break it down into the process where literally you can do it in 90 minutes. You know, we, the way we set everything up is we imagine that you are a guest on a radio show. We provide that environment for you. We'll sit down, have a conversation just like this, uh, asking you, setting you up for the questions that would be the outline and chapters of the book. You talk about them. We get that transcribed, edit that into the book, create a wonderful cover for you, and put it all together and literally... 30 days from the time you start, depending on how you're doing there, you can have at least the digital version of your book ready to go. Right. Have physical copies of your book, just in case you want to send physical copies to, to people as well. So the time investment compared to going down the traditional book route of sitting down, manually typing out the words <laughs> is so soul crushing. Yeah. And takes so much time. It's going back to high school and having been assigned work that you have to do and you can't escape rather yes. than doing something, passion project in, yes, your, exactly. in your own time. So we look at that and say, you know, yeah, cutting that timeline down where your real involvement is only in brainstorming. What are we going to do? What are we going to get the title to be? We'll do a whole other thing just about book titles, but yeah. looking at the, looking at that outcome amazing right like the time of it compared to where you've got to go through and we're gonna you're gonna write the book you're gonna send it to an editor you're gonna get it you know edited you're gonna have to maybe work with a ghost writer you're gonna and on all of those all of the people involved in that process they're passing the responsibility back to you for the final decision right so even if people think that it's an easy job to do all of those decisions are coming back and for most of us yeah adding more decisions and people asking questions to our plate isn't necessarily the ideal outcome. It's the other benefit of a short book that's got a single job of work. Because you're not in the book blueprint scorecard that we've got that talks about the mindsets of how to write a book Mm -hmm. like this. One of those mindsets is beneficial constraint. And this idea that less is more of constraining yourself to answering the one or two questions that are the most pressing for this group of people and not getting sucked into all of the other stuff. Because if you've been in business for more than a year, you could write 10,000 pages in the stuff that you know and the stuff that other people don't, but you just writing yourself into a hole if you don't yeah. have those constraints. Those yeah. Constraints. So that's, uh, there's the time. And then how much does it cost? You know, for our signature product right now, $2,000. Yeah. But to do the, this is what the 90 minute book looks like right there. <laughs> this is a perfect example. This is an example of a book that's generated millions of dollars. We've helped over a thousand people write their books in this model and this is the start you can see it's how many pages are we at here this one's 
43 pages is all it is, but it looks like a book. It's a real book and you can download it for free at 90minutebooks.com. And when you do that, we'll send you also this, we've got a worksheet called Book Title Formulas. And we've got an audio that kind of goes with this, walks you through how to create the best title for your book. And that whole thing, you know, is, you know, from beginning to end, again, for $2,000 and less than 30 days, you've got the tool that can get people knocking on your door. Yeah. right away starting those conversations so if you say for i think that if you look at comparable services if you're going to use a service to write a book that they're primarily looking to help you write a bestseller or to right. get it on amazon the bestseller which is so it's all it's nonsense i mean in terms <laughs> of it, there's no value in having an amazon bestseller or anything like that compared to getting your ideal prospects in your right in the go zone of yeah. who you're looking for the funny thing about amazon is people don't realize that you've got no way of knowing who those people are you can yeah. sell a thousand books and maybe make a thousand dollars maybe off the book sales by yeah. the time all the costs are yeah out. and your or, royalties of two dollars and you'll be right. paying back your advance yeah so or you could get a thousand leads yeah yeah the reason that we keep the signature type of book in the lineup is because it is that absolute perfect minimum viable yeah. commitment start if money's uh, we're trying to democratize this to as many people as right. possible so if you've got bigger budget you can do more things make it more and improve it you start think about it as version one Think right. about, let's get the book. If you're, if you've got a, you know, I love Joe Polish and I had Tucker Max on the I Love Marketing podcast and they've got a, what I would call like the Cadillac service yeah. of book writing, yeah. right? Scribed media. Yeah. It's a fantastic service. If you're going to write, get famous book yeah. kind of thing. But you know, you're talking over $30,000 to, to do this up to, yeah. By the time everything yeah. is done and I'd rather see you spend that money and that time on, I would say to Tucker, I should have, we should have a challenge where we take somebody from today yeah, and, you know, fast forward, it's going to take months and months to do a scribe book, to, but to take the same thing, write a 90 minute book, spend instead of the $30,000 on things, spend $28,000 on <laughs> building thousands of leads and selling things to them that you'd come out at six months hundreds of thousands of dollars ahead versus hundred thousand right. dollars out to to then get started on right, getting the book go. out into the world yeah, yeah. yeah. so all right we got to run 90minutebooks.com go there download the book that's where it all starts we'll give you the book title formulas and you'll you know you'll be in our world and you'll see example after example of how to how to get this done so in short i think a book is a fantastic idea I've this is one of my go-to thing. So yeah. I think if anyone's asking them, should they do it? Yes.